Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 57. Have you ever thought to yourself, I don't have enough faith? Or have you ever said to yourself, I don't, I don't believe enough or I doubt too much? Or I think I need more faith? Well, if you have, you're certainly not alone because I think this is a common thing. That people think to themselves, you know, I wish I had more faith. But interestingly enough, that is not the problem Jesus teaches. Jesus teaches it's not about how much faith you have. It's learning how to use the little bit that you have. In spite of all our mistakes, in spite, spite of our doubts, our weaknesses, our hesitations, Jesus said, now, you, you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that's tiny, tiny, that's enough. He said, that, the, that's not, the problem isn't that you don't have enough faith, according to Jesus' teaching. It's about learning how to use the little bit that you have. And that's what we're going to be looking at in this podcast. That's going to be the topic. We're going to be looking at how you use the little bit that you have. And I'm going to take a couple of characters from the Old Testament, Abraham and Sarah. And the text is in the New Testament. It's Hebrews 11, if you want to do a little bit of background reading on that. Now, Everyone, every one of us is in a different place in our spiritual life, our journey of faith, right? We all have different challenges. We all have different struggles and hopes and dreams. But I'm going to just make an assumption that we all have faith because I can't imagine that you would listen to podcasts like this if if you didn't have any belief at all, right? However, like I said... Oftentimes people will say, well, I do have faith, but I'd like more. And some of us might see ourselves as having faith, but we might feel spiritually weak. We might feel inadequate in some way. Well, again, Jesus said, it's not a case that you need any more faith. That's not what you need. You have enough faith, Jesus says. Quantity isn't the issue. The issue is learning how to use what you have. So here's the passage that we're looking at. I'm not going to go into the whole thing because it basically the book of Hebrews, which is a New Testament passage, lists a group of people who went down in history as people of faith. And if you read this list, some of the people you would recognize, like you might recognize the name Abraham. There's some in the list that you might not recognize, like Enoch, for example. Right? I mean, when was the last time you ever heard the story of Enoch? Yeah, probably not. But two of the characters that are listed as people of great faith, uh, one is Abraham and one is Sarah. And when we look at Abraham and Sarah's life story, we can get a lot of insight into what faith is and of equal importance what it's not, because I think it's good to know what it's not. I mean, so much of our spiritual life is relearning things and correcting what we first thought was true. So Abraham's story 
begins when he's well into retirement, actually. You can read about his story in Genesis 12. But his story actually starts when he's about 75 years old. Now, we're going way back to Genesis here, and I'm going to tell you about Abraham. Um, I'm going to give you some background to this so that it starts to make some sense why he is so famous. Because most people have heard of Father Abraham, but they don't really know why he's so famous. So Abraham's account is this, that in Genesis 12, it basically describes how the people of Israel, that would be the ancient Jewish people, came into being, right? Because somebody had to start the whole thing, right? Somebody had to start the nation. Well, it so happens that it's Abraham that begins the whole nation, starts the whole, Abraham and Sarah. But his story starts when he's living in Ur, which we would call ancient Persia, now called Iraq. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? <laughs> The story begins in Iraq. This is before the Jewish nation was uh, an idea, right? There's no such thing yet. The Hebrew people don't exist at this point in time. The Jewish nation, the land, it hasn't been found yet. The promised land hasn't been, they haven't got to the promised land yet. So this is way, way, way before Israel, way before the promised land. Abraham is living in this uh, ancient, what we call ancient Persia. By the way, Abraham's name means Abraham. It means exalted father. But at this point in the story, at the front end of the story, he's not a father because he doesn't have any children. And God calls him and gives him this promise. Now, it's a highly unlikely thing to ever happen. Remember, he's 75 years old. Abraham, God says, I'm going to make you a great nation, and I am going to bless you. I don't know how he's going to make him a great nation, right? He doesn't even have one child yet. But there's the, that's what God, God's uh, call on him is. Abraham, Sarah, pack your bags, leave this country, because I'm going to give you a new land, and I'm going to give you descendants, too many to count, like the stars in the sky, like the grains of sand on the seashore, which is the Bible's way of saying lots and lots and lots of descendants. Well, he's 75. Sarah is well past childbearing age. It's been an actual great, it's been a great disappointment to Sarah. She never had a son which was a huge deal in that patriarchal culture because every woman wanted a son so that they could pass the inheritance on to the son. Daughters, not so important, not a big deal, but a son, very important in the ancient cultures. So she, there she is, she's well past childbearing age, and I would think at this point in her life she's reconciled to the fact that she's never going to have a son. And then out of the blue, in her senior years, this unmistakable leading of God. It's time for a big change. Pack up. We're going. God's going to show us a new land. Oh, and by the way, God says we're going to have more descendants than the stars. Oh, what is, how does she respond? 
I mean, how, how long will the journey take? Well, we don't know that, Abraham would have said. We don't know. Well, where exactly is this new land? Well, we don't know where the new land is. All, all, all we know is, is that God, God's saying we need to go. Now, he tells Sarah that she's going to have a son. And Sarah responds. Now, what Sarah doesn't do is she doesn't say, oh, at last, my dreams have come true. My prayers have been answered. No, she doesn't answer that way. She doesn't respond that way. Instead, when Abraham tells her that she's going to have a son, she laughs to herself. I mean, it's not a laugh of joy. It's not that kind of laugh. It's more like a laugh like you've got to be kidding, right? I mean, that's just not going to happen. So here she is, the mother of the faith, the mother of the new nation, the woman who started it all. Bold unbelief at the front end of this story. Absolute bold unbelief. She's saying, you have got to be kidding me. This is never going to happen, Abraham. I am way too old for this. Now, I'm stressing this because I think it's important to realize that she's a normal, all the famous people in the Bible, she's a norm, they're normal people, right? Sarah's a normal woman with all the various strengths and weaknesses. And having faith isn't about not having doubts. Having faith isn't about not making big mistakes. I mean, not all the women in Scripture respond like Mary, Jesus' mother, at the Christmas story, right? That's very unusual. That's very unusual. She was so open. She was so responsive. Remember Mary? Let it be. So she's completely open. Most people aren't like that. Sarah's not like that. Sarah's like, you're kidding me, right? So they pack up their bags and their... They're agrarian, so they would have all their tents with them and all their cattle, and they start this journey. And it is a long journey to the promised land. It takes them 25 years. And they wait 25 years before they have the son called Isaac. Again, I want to point out, everything takes a long, long time. I think this is deliberate in the scripture. Everything takes years and years and years. It's all about being on a long journey. It's all about being patient for things to work out. It takes time. In the end, God's always faithful, yes. Um, all the stories of the scripture, they have the, th the theme is that God's always faithful. But also the theme throughout the journey is and this doesn't matter if it's the story of the Exodus or whether it's the story of the exiles in Babylon or the, I mean, all of them, it's the same archetypal story. The story is that the people who are on the journey go through times of doubt, they go through times of unbelief. Now, why that's important is, is because it's a pattern that we will experience, we are already experiencing ourselves. Right, so we're talking about Abraham and Sarah, but it's not really about Abraham and Sarah. It's about the way God works with humanity. Sarah, during this long wait, 
of course, tries to control things, right? She tries to make things happen faster with disastrous results, much suffering for everyone involved. But eventually, yeah, in due time, a son is born. Eventually, in due time, they arrive at the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, which I suppose would be the Bible's way of saying it's a really cool place. Now, the reason that Abraham and Sarah are remembered as people of great faith is because they're willing to respond to God. That's basically about it. They're willing to respond. So it's like, are you open to being led by God? Well, faith would say, yes, I am. I am. I'm looking to you. I'll try. I'll do, I'll do what I have to do because God's with me and helping me. That's pretty much what faith looks like. It's pretty simple. It's, it's about being open. It's not about having it all together and being able to do it by yourself. Now, let me add here, just for clarification, if you read this story only on a literal level, you will most definitely miss the spiritual point. Because here we have an elderly couple packing up, heading off to who knows where. If you read this on a literal level, you might well close down the story early on and say, well, that there's no spiritual point for me here. I'm not leaving California or wherever you happen to live. Uh, I, I don't care what God says. My travel days are over. I don't want any more kids. Poor Sarah, retired and pregnant, right? <laughs> right? Which is what people do sometimes when they read this story and they kind of miss the point. The spiritual point is faith looks like being willing to leave the familiar behind. Faith looks like moving into unchartered territory. By the way, I should mention, when you use the word faith, you can also use the word trust, and it, it will make more sense. And some, there's something about using the word trust that makes it more understandable and accessible immediately. Trust looks like being willing to leave the familiar behind. Trust looks like moving into uncharted territory. Trust, trusting God means being open to something new in your life. Trust means moving forward. So it's not about moving from one geographical place to another, although actually it was for me, and it was a great move too. But faith, trust, moves forward. It's, it's all about trusting that God's leading you. For example, if you've been severely hurt by someone, if you've been betrayed or disappointed in some way, it takes a lot of faith and trust to be willing to take one step forward on the long, arduous journey of forgiveness. And no, of course you don't have to trust before you forgive. But we, we are called to forgive. And I think it's 
part of the reason is, is that God doesn't want us to carry all the baggage of unforgiveness because it's so painful to us. Um, sometimes we might get the impression that forgiveness is something you do once. Uh, not necessarily. Not, not necessarily. Not really. It's more a case of one step forward and two steps back. You think you're over something. You think that you've left something behind. And then the next thing you know, something or someone triggers your hurt or your loss all over again. Now, that's the nature of forgiveness. It seems to be a process or a journey. The Bible likes to use that metaphor of journey to describe what happens in our lives. The first step is always an act of trust, just like Abraham right? You may be called to let go of something or someone. You might be called to take heart and be courageous. You might be called to not assume the worst. You know, I I don't think I can do this. I don't know how this will end up. This is too hard for me. Well, trust says, well, I'm going to try because you've asked me, God, and you're with me. Remember, God didn't bring you this far to leave you, right? You're not going to be left high and dry at this point. That's what faith looks like. That's what faith looks like. Trusting God is with you on the journey to this new territory, to this new land, so to speak. Yeah, your journey might be learning how to love the unlovable. That's a hard one. Learning how to love the unlovable is an act of faith. Working with someone you really don't like or you really disagree with is an act of trust, trusting in God to help you. Learning how to not be led by fear, that's faith. Confrontation is an act of trust if it's not within your nature to confront. Breaking a bad habit is an act of trust. Beginning something new, especially when you're terrified that you might fail, but you know it's the right thing to do, that takes faith. Not easy journeys. It all takes trust. all takes faith. The lesson that Abraham and Sarah model is, I'm willing to go where God wants me to go. That's it. That's the bottom line. And I'll leave behind whatever I need to leave behind. If it's fear, if that's what I'm asked, if that's what's asked of me, I'm going to leave it behind. Anything that God points out to me is unhelpful. I am willing to let that go. If it's control, I'll let it go. If it's criticism, I'll let it go. If it's the need to please, I'll let it go. If it's the need to always be right, I'll let it go. Now, obviously, these things are, are, are very challenging, right? This isn't, these aren't easy things because you're dying to your ego in this. But it is the call. And it takes faith to be open to living another way. It takes a lot of faith to live a more courageous life or a more generous life or a more adventuresome life. That all takes faith. 
So again, it's not about never making mistakes and never having doubts. Abraham and Sarah made plenty, plenty of mistakes. If you read their story, oh, so many mistakes. I mean, have you ever tried to manipulate people? Or have you ever tried to manipulate circumstances to get what you wanted? Yeah. Abraham and Sarah would say, yes, we did that. Have you ever tried to hurry up God a bit and make it happen? You know, you're just so impatient. You just have to make it. Have you ever done that? Well, yeah. Abraham and Sarah, they would say, yeah, we did that too. Didn't work out well. Have you, have you ever lied to make things happen? Have you ever hated someone because they have something you need? Sarah would say, yeah, I, I did. I did hate someone. Completely, I did. See, they're not always right. They're not always perfect, right? They're human. Yeah. But the thing is, with Abram and Sarah, in the end, in the midst of all the struggles of life and challenges, in the end, they're always, they always end up saying yes to God. Jesus said, you have faith. Don't worry about not having enough faith. You have faith. You just have to learn how to use it. Now, it's difficult because much of the time we're going against our first emotional response. This is an ongoing difficult lesson to go against your first emotional response. But Jesus says, don't worry about not having enough faith. Because God says, it's not up to you anyway, because I'm going to help you. That's one of the big promises in the scripture. It's not up to you. Philippians says, there's a lovely line in the book of Philippians. That's a New Testament book. It says, God who began a good work in you will complete it. Isn't that a great line? I mean, it's a promise that's saying, okay, I've brought you this far. I'm hardly going to leave you now. I'll make sure we're in this together to the end. Abraham and Sarah got to the land because God is faithful. Everyone has unfinished, unsettled parts of their lives. Everyone has things they're working on. Everyone has things that they're trying to change. Well, God says, you know what? It's, it's not all up to you. It's not all up to you. So how's that for grace? Well, there, there's the prayer. There's the, there is the heart cry. Thank you, God, that it is not all up to me. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's a really, really good gift that you will finish what you started. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.